The message you are listening to was recorded by Campus Outreach Minneapolis, the college ministry of Bethlehem Baptist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota, for the 2016 Twin Cities Project. More information about Campus Outreach Minneapolis can be found at cominneapolis.org. sense of it. So it sounds like it was, it's not, it wasn't Dr. Mohan today, so you had another lady, So, but it sounds like it was very informative. Nayana, yep. She was really good. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good. Mm-hmm. good. You want me to get a picture of her? Uh, we weren't allowed. I'm not messing with you, like we weren't allowed. Right. Yeah, so. just not, but you can't other places, just not upstairs. Yeah, we didn't think about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, that's fine. There's yeah. not much else. Uh, upstairs, uh, there's not upstairs. What's there to take a picture of? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Regular yeah. building. Yeah. Regular building. Yeah. Regular Extra what? One of oh. those? Yeah, there's, I, be, I think there's one under the front chair if you go in. Okay. There's like two Yeah, because there was one made for everybody, so we made you a booklet. All right. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Let's start. Uh, let's just open up this kind of game. I mean, there's probably a lot in your minds, so let's just start... Kitting it out. So, how were you affected by what you saw and heard? You talked about Paul went into Athens and how he was greatly affected. He was stirred, his spirit was provoked. How were you affected today by what you saw and heard? I would say, like, I never took their religion seriously before. Like, I thought it was just like them meditating and praying, and that was it. But they take it so seriously, and like, everything she said to our questions was like, she meant every word. It wasn't like she a joke to her or like just something she did on the side. And that important to me, I would say, because I, I feel like I think of other religions as like, oh, that's just something that they believe and like they're deceived or whatever. But I don't think about it like being who they are. Yeah. So for her to come to Christ, wow, because that's who she is. That's her identity. Someone else. It's frustrating because, like, we all kind of have like a similar longing to connect with God in one way or another. We kind of start to see like just how distant we are as far as how we understand and how we perceive and believe. And it just seems like that gap is almost further than what you realize when you're not in that environment. Maybe was it similar as we think we are? Although we want to be as similar as we can be with them. Yeah. With them. Yeah. So did you get a strong sense that they're really trying to connect with the infant? But far, far from it. Yeah. Someone else. It, well, it it really pushed me to think about kind of making sure that I'm exploring my own faith um, fully, like and knowing it really well. Because if you imagine, like, what if one me was walking around like a church and there were like twenty to twenty-five Hindus that were just asking me questions about my faith and it would put you on the defensive but it also just kind of made me sad because the 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 underlying impression that I got was that you can kind of believe anything and it's okay so I feel like she was coming from this position of hey you guys are Christians well we can kind of just like merge Hinduism and Christianity and they just blend right in and it's fine so it'd be really challenging to overcome that and saying Yes, you have this understanding of like God, but 
kind of looks a little different than that. So. Satan's tricky, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. take, take some truth and then put some lie with it. I think one thing she said that was interesting to me was how she said that like her religion is super accepted, and I realized that like she thinks that you know all faiths are okay. I don't feel that way as a Christian, and I thought that would be hard to talk about because like she kept saying how like it makes her sound so much more loving than I. And I'm like, she's like, we don't want to like pursue people like we want them to come to us on their own we don't convert people like mm-hmm. we don't trick people into becoming hindus and like all these things that she thinks christians do mm-hmm. but it's like i wish i could explain my viewpoint and not seem so like aggressive I guess. yeah yeah it was really interesting to hear her take on missionaries yeah mm-hmm. what did she say she said that there's like two two types and like you can either like get in there and like learn and then try to like it's like what Paul was doing, like reasoning with them and be gentle. And mm-hmm. she said, like that's like the good way. She said, if you're an ethical person, you're going to do it in an ethical way, try to convince someone. And then she said, they're like the the other way is just like tricking people and like being menacing about it. So, so use technology, to yeah, trick use technology people to Jesus people. being powerful. Yeah, and it just said that you just put like compare the gods and say yours, mine's more powerful, so you should mm-hmm. believe this. Yeah, she and, said like who's more powerful, Jesus or yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Wow. She said, okay. "Yeah, and they use technology." Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so. Mm. she had kind of a negative view in general. Yeah. Well, the sad thing is that there are those those missionaries that use. I mean, it's where the whole term "rice Christian" comes from. We're going to give you bags of rice if you come to church. I mean, they, that was literally something that's happened. And so, ways of bringing people into church and you know. You know, she, she'll she present that as very accepting, but let's say her child or her brother or sister decided to become a Christian. Then how loving and accepting are they? I mean, right now, India has a new prime minister, and they're kicking Christian ministries out right and left. <laughs> and he's a very radical Hindu and, and really blocking. <laughs> You know, the, and the missionaries that have already got visas and everything to be there arrive with visas in hand and they're rejected. And some that have been there for years and years are being kicked out. Yeah. So I don't think I was saying at our table about like, oh, do you have like Christian, like brother or Muslim, like cousins or something like that? I don't remember. Yeah. I didn't quite hear him. Yeah, he said something about how like his uncle or his cousins or something. Did he say he didn't talk to them anymore or like mm. something like that? Yeah, yeah I don't know if that's what he was saying. And he's he's like trying to like back up and say like if like you know it's your decision so it's cool but like Nick Nick was actually asking her about that as well so asking her about like what what it would look like if people in her family had become non-Hindu so she had like one distant uncle that converted to Christianity and it was kind of like it felt like it was a, it was no big deal then there were two brothers from Nepal that kind of asked the same question. Yeah. They're kind of like, oh, that would never happen. Like, <laughs> um, my dad's a, a an Italian priest, mm-hmm. and just we we never even consider not being loving. Not being. 
Someone else. Someone this side of the room. <laughs> or not. I or this side. Yeah, go ahead. I just felt uh, a little provoked or a little just kind of stirred, like not angry, but just like I want to engage. I want to know, get to know someone mm -hmm. and like know their background more mm -hmm. and like have a relationship and see like how the Lord could use that. Um, just like I would love to have a relationship with someone right now and be able to hear more of their story and share more of mine and my pain. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's what Paul was promoting anyway and engaged, right? It starts reasoning and talking. Good. Someone else? There's a question I had was like, since they, they're like, we don't like pursue people and try to convert them, so then like, what do they think of like people who aren't Hindu? Like, do we just have all this bad karma? Or like, well, how do they perceive us like in their spiritual realm? Mm -hmm. Is there like a question? Yeah. Anybody that you ask? Well, we. What would you come up with from what you heard today? We also so we asked her on another level because we were kind of. This was the first time I'd ever heard this, but so essentially Nirvana wasn't a permanent state. She's like, we have terms for heaven and hell, but neither of them are permanent. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of get away from that. And so we were like, well, what? Somebody asked. Maybe it was even Hannah that you. Did, that what well, what happens if someone comes back so reincarnates as a non-Hindu, and she's like, well, we don't get to pick, and I was just like, so I guess you have the belief then that everyone will die. I mean, obviously you believe that for yourself, so why not everyone else? But that you would reincarnate, and it could be in different religions, but you'll learn different lessons from that. And it, mm -hmm. I don't know, it was very, it's a very challenging thing to logically wrap your head around. Yeah. Because I mean, what if you reincarnated as like an atheist, like? not gonna have that much tie to hinduism or anything mm -hmm. they stand for so yeah well remember you though your your rebirth is attached to your past life and the karma and so it's kind of like this cycle of of perfecting and so um you're building upon past lives and so the knowledge and the things even though somebody in this life can't remember who they were in the past life except for buddha supposedly entered such a deep state of meditation he could see his past lives and see all these multiple lives and all this karma and stuff but you're kind of perfecting you know so if you don't get it right in this life it's all right next life it'll be better and better you know and you are uh reincarnated into higher and higher and higher you know so you probably won't be incarnated reincarnated into an animal unless you just did awful terrible things in this life but the idea is that you're you're continuing to um perfect you know so for instance I, I told you about my friend era that went to cambodia and then married a cambodian guy right so buddha taught that his teachings would last for five thousand years and then we'd go into a dark period and they'd all be forgotten and then a new buddha would come on the scene well her husband his name's now before he became to christ he thought he was the next buddha not in this life but he had this, this great love for Buddhism and studying Buddhism, and he was just really studied hard. He believed that there would be, he would reincarnate several more lives, but eventually he was going to be that Buddha. So he believed in, you know, however many lives in the future, he would be that Buddha, you know? So it's kind of like, because I have this great love for Buddhism, I'm, my next life I'm just going to continue to build and grow and become, you know? So, um, so yeah, that's kind of, thinking about uh, 
what if you're born as an atheist or born in this? You know, it's more of that continual perfection and, and growth. And then, yeah, temporary. Um, heaven and hell is temporary. Yeah. It just, like that. that just kind of, did, I don't know, it didn't seem to add up. And again, I mean, it was just like a first exposure to really mm-hmm. this topic. But that, and I mean, she said the biggest obstacle in life, because there's one person that you pray mm-hmm. to, uh, to overcome your obstacles and the biggest obstacle in life is ourselves um, and like our pride and just kind of getting over ourselves but then the reward for a good life is like better standing and materialistically and in the world it's kind of like does that really make sense? I don't know. So who is it that you pray to to remove obstacles? It was Ganesh. Ganesh. Yeah, Ganesh. elephant head, right? Yeah. They, did she tell the story about how he got his elephant head? She, she, she said, I'm going to avoid it. She didn't want to. Yeah. 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 They never liked that story. You yeah. always yeah. avoid it. Uh, what is it? Um, so, Ganesh's father, I've heard a, different, a couple reasons why, but his father was mad. He chopped his head off, his son's head off, and then regretted it, went out and grabbed the first animal or first per- first thing he found. He grabbed and found an elephant, put the elephant head on his son, and that's how he has this elephant head. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can see why they avoid it, right? Yeah. <laughs> because they don't want people to laugh at him, I think. Because <laughs> that, yeah. Mm. You know? Um, that, that shows some violence and stuff, and they really like to be nonviolent, peaceful, <laughs> this kind of thing. Um, but as far as, you know, um, we've asked that question before what if you're not a Hindu, right? Can you reach. What, what is what is the what is the goal? Did she use the word nirvana? No, no. It starts with an M. Yeah, moksha. So, so you know, can you read 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 reach moksha without being a believer? Well, Hinduism, there's nothing to convert to it, right? It's just this this path, this this life, and so, yeah, I mean, a Buddhist would say you can you can reach nirvana without being a Buddhist. Because it's a path. It's a path to follow. It's about doing good. It's about karma. It's about these things. I have a question. Okay. Uh, Jenna and then Connor. I talked to someone and they told me that they didn't have any concept of sin. They only had the concept of like them being good. Like I asked them if there's anything that happens if they do bad. And they're like, we don't think about that. We just try and make up for it for doing good. And I feel like that's confusing because like, our religion, I feel like, is centered on the fact that we're sinful and need Jesus, but theirs is like, we just need to be good. We don't need to even think about negative things. So I don't know how I would bring that up. In. Yeah, I mean, there's no, there's no consequence to sin. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know, as it's been explained, it's it's water under the bridge. What can you do about that? That's your that's your karma, and your karma is attached to you. Nobody else can take away your karma. Mm-hmm. So this whole idea of a substitutionary death. And, grace there's no concept of that but there's also hell is temporary there's you know you have multiple lives to get it right so there's really no consequence to sin so how do you even define sin yeah I was wondering I I didn't ask you on this because I wasn't sure if it would be offensive or not but um, I was wondering like if your karma is all dependent on like how well you perform like what is the need for the gods aside from just like giving you things here and there that you ask for mm-hmm. does anybody have any conversation around that topic 
Uh, we, well, I kind of answered it a little bit, and I think it was like, so there's this inherent thing where the gods are kind of orchestrating the way that you move through the lives. So it's like by interacting with them and blessing them, like you're putting in good favor for them kind of, it's like all that kind of is attached to your karma too. So mm. I don't know if that, that was as deep as I got with it when we asked about her. So. Is that again, like another word? Uh, it was, so you kind of put it, so for the offerings and things like that, that you even give up, why interact with them if there's kind of just, if it's just about how good you are is what Connor's saying and that she was saying it's like you you interact with them uh, like you bless them back because they're blessing you continually by like a lot like the way that they allow you to orchestrate and moving forward mm -hmm. in lives it's kind of so what you're like it seems to me them for being nice to you? I've, I've heard some Simply people say that through that devotion to the deity that it could maybe help um, remove some of your bad karma mm. others have said no just there's a billion Hindus, there's probably a billion slightly <laughs> changes to answers you mm -hmm. might get, but I've talked to some who said yes, through the devotion to a deity can help to forgive or remove karma, but others say no. But it's a part of that earning karma, it's part of that doing good, showing that devotion to a deity. But idea was really popular in the ancient Near East, just in general, like a lot of like, the Canaanites had a similar worldview of something similar to that as well. So like, I think like this idea of like, Worshiping the gods and seeking favor for like the god of rain or whatever, he'll bless our crops. So I think that's just a popular ancient Near Eastern world. Well, it shows we were created <laughs> yes. for worship, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think one thing that was interesting is we were just asking, uh, there was a, a larger ritual going on where they were pouring milk and honey on. And I'm not sure which deity yeah. it was. What is Jane, right? That one was happening. That was like worshiping the saints. Okay. That was like the Jains have no god. They're atheists, yeah. which is unusual. They have a religion in the temple. But anyway. Yeah. But I, I was like, oh, what language are they speaking? And she said, Sanskrit. I was like, oh, can anyone understand what they're saying? And I was like, no. no. <laughs> so you have these priests, the ones that are supposedly supposed to help you stay, stay connected. go away to study for eight years the thousands of different rituals and mantras and they learn Sanskrit and all these things and then they come and they're they're kind of like a part of the culture but I just think about like how often I go to Paul the college pastor or Ken the pastor of the church and like seek wisdom but it's in the context of relationship we're going to the Bible and like it's, it kind of feels full circle where they come in and perform Ritual, but there's there's no context of like even understanding what's going on. So it it feels like it just felt very empty and depressing and sad. Someone else, somebody hasn't answered yet. Kirsten, what do you think? You're in your home hometown, home city. <laughs> yeah, I think I would echo what Nick said a lot. Just feeling like it, it, it was it was a weird feeling to be there because I was surrounded by like a lot of beautiful things like the architecture and the temples yeah. themselves mm -hmm. were beautiful mm -hmm. but there was nothing there like to worship so it was like really hard and painful for these people to or for me to see these people worshiping like stone mm -hmm. and all these like really false idols so that was something that I thought about a lot when we were going through that. I felt like our tour guide was really like 
trying to put Hinduism in terms of like Christianity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like right off the gate, she started talking about forgiveness and like came out very much swinging with like an apologetic of yes, there's forgiveness in our religion. Um, and using words like um, Trinity and monotheism, um, grace. Did she say grace? Yeah. 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 Grace. Just a little yeah. bit. Yeah. A little yeah. bit. Yeah. Different grace. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like great. Yep. And then like we're all made in the image of God. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so like definitely, I think it was, and there was a lot of like. There's a lot of, I felt like the very a lot of the tour was a very like uh, outward focus, like an, an acknowledgement of it wasn't just like this is this is who we are, bang 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 bang. Without it was all like in the context of like Muslim Christianity, Buddhism, Monism, because like it uh, it always had to like every 15 minutes or so scoop those in, mm -hmm. scoop in those realities. Mm -hmm. um, so it was I, I don't know if the word is syncretism or apologetic speaking, but it was, I think, very, like, the message was very tailored. Yeah. Contextual, she was contextualizing, contextualization is what it was, was yeah. contextualizing it for yeah. Christians, yeah, using the word mm -hmm. trinity, using yeah, yeah. the concepts that, that she understands. Yeah, you need to work with her. I, I have a picture in mind of who it is, I, I can't remember the name exactly, I'm wondering if it's the same lady, yeah, but I don't know for sure. She's probably, like, in her mid-60s, she, she said she just came to the States. Oh, really? Okay. But she was like the president or something of the temple for a little while. Okay. Or she said something. Yes, lady, I'm thinking of. She had, she had a lot to do with the temple getting started and leadership in the temple and stuff. But, yeah. Someone else who hasn't spoke yet? I think I felt like kind of overwhelmed just like in hearing like, or just like the weight of like knowing that like she's hurt or Hindu, different people who practice like Hinduism have heard terms like or possibly heard terms depending on where they're from but like terms like Trinity and like using the word God and gods and like just to be able to like that they like know these terms but they don't like truly know them or like and just I don't know just how important like relationships are with to like share Christ I feel like that was shown more to me just because She's heard the word, she's heard Jesus, the word, or name of Jesus, she's heard, she says, she calls all the gods God, but not, but she does not truly know, so. Yeah, she said she's even been to church before, and she like, didn't she like go to a Christian school when she was like growing she up? She went to convent school. Convent school. Convent school. Yeah. She, she talks about the oh, yeah. cross to mm -hmm. nuns and, mm -hmm. um. So she went to Convent school, Catholic school, there's probably a lot of similarities. You got statues, you got Bibles, you got. I think she had mentioned too, she said that, oh, I think the Catholics get us the most because they have a lot of tradition as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she was talking about like avatars or mm -hmm. the, the like gods that would um, like become humans so mm -hmm. and the same struggles and everything. And then, and it's like an interesting point. And it's 
Tell the story about the vandals that came in when the temple was first built. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was that story. Did she? Yeah. Did, did she tell the whole story of what? I mean, Dr. Bond usually doesn't go into this. One person went into how they came in and they with baseball bats before the temple was fully built, but they had several of the idols in place and they went and broke a bunch of the idols with arms and whatever, multiple arms, as you saw. Some of them. Um, but they had, they had consecrated these idols and put them into places. So when they were broke, they didn't just sweep them up like, oh, these are just representations of God. They actually took them out and buried them and had a ceremony. And it was very, you know, so that these, these idols aren't just a picture of the infinite. But these idols actually become God as they, as they pray and as they worship. She's also very keen to not use the word idols. In yeah. fact, she talked yeah. about yeah. 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 Her interpretation of that was really different. She said they were all symbols. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they weren't gods. It was all symbols. Symbols of gods uh-huh. to the one god. Yeah. Because we all serve the same god. Yeah, I've heard that so many times. And yet, when if they, they just sweep up the symbols and throw them away and get new right. symbols, right. they right. took them out. And well, it was confusing because she said that. She said that, like, this is a lot of symbolism. But she also said that at the same, like, separately she said that, like, it starts as just a symbol, but when, like, we have these, like, statues, like, the God's presence dwells within that object. Mm-hmm. Energy. Yeah. So they, yeah. Become, they become God. Right, yeah. Pray to them. Is the God dead when it gets destroyed? How does that work? What's that? When the gods get destroyed, are they, like, dead there? Yes. Yeah. They couldn't protect themselves. I, yeah. Yeah. So... You know, referring back to what I mentioned about Paul when he said idols are nothing, but those who, who sacrifice to them are participating with demons. So Paul recognized that demonic being spirit behind those those idols. And so, you know, 
demons using those idols as a means of drawing people away from God. Um, let's uh, let's look at page twenty one. Let's look at this chart. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Let's uh, let's attempt to put together and talk through kind of this uh, Hindu worldview. And so we did the top part before we left. Let's do the bottom part of Hinduism. So, what's the Hindu view of God then? What did you draw from the? How do you understand Hindu view of God after that tour? What is the Hindu view of God? It's everything and what you want it to be. God's infinite. Yeah. Was it mixed messages? Yeah. There's an infinite, the infinite. There's one God, we're monotheistic. We have a trinity. We have 330 million gods. I don't know she told the story. I heard the story many times about this, this man who, who wandered the countrysides of India chronicling all the gods of India. And when he was done, he took another seven years to add them all up. And when he was done, he put grand total one. Makes sense. <laughs> Makes sense. So what... Would it, how do they describe if there is just the infinite? Then what do they what do they believe about that infinite? In everything, it is everything. Kind of pantheistic. Yeah. Yeah. Life force. Possibly life force. Yeah, and the truth is one, but why people see it? Okay. Yeah. And is this infinite personal and knowable? Did you get that idea? She said something about it being personal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because they take care of all the statues, like bathe them Mm -hmm. with like the honey and yogurt and things. Mm -hmm. Because God takes care of us. She said something take care of God. Mm -hmm. Sorry. It seemed like it had like some sort of ritual where they bring something around, like coins or something, they could touch the coin or like put their own in. And then it would get put up with the statue, and that would sort of be like something they have is being like put with the god, and so like the god is sort of knowing through that, but it doesn't seem like they really know the god that well, more like the god does then, but even to the god then. Yeah. It's not really relationship, is it? Right. It seems to me more manipulation than relationship. Right? I'm going to do these things so that. Yeah, I think she yeah. described, like, praying to them a lot of the time as, like, bargaining and the to gods, which is. Yeah. yeah. A little strange. Yeah. I mean, we're honest, some of us do that with God sometimes, right? Yeah. 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 But not in the same way. Huh? You were going to say something? Oh, same, similar thing, the bargaining, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bargaining with, with God. Yeah. So, so, a uh, little bit about the view of God. So then, what what's humanity's problem? That you could be better. <laughs> Bad karma. Yeah. So, yeah. Like in our biblical worldview, our problem is we're, we're separated from God. 
that's your worldview, then what's what's their main problem? Good enough. Yeah. 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 And why is that? Okay. You got some bad karma when you you've you've created this bad karma. Um, I don't know if she used this word. A lot of times, use the word ignorance. But the, the, the humanity's problem is really ignorance, ignorance of the divine nature or ignorance of our divinity. Did she start by saying namaste? namaste? Mm-hmm. And what does yeah. she say namaste means? The light in you or the spark. Yeah, so <laughs> kind of God in you recognizes the God in me, God in me recognizes God in you. So um, yeah, so being a part of that, a spark of that divine, or being part of that divinity. So it's 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 failing to recognize ignorance of who we are, or our divinity. And so then, if if the humanity's problem is ignorance, what's the solution? Knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To to. Uh, did, did you hear the word liberation? Kind of to be liberated from the ignorance. All right. And so, knowledge kind of falls more into the category of the means. It's one of the ways towards um, kind of like the biblical worldview, the solution, if we're separated, the solution is reconciliation. The means of reconciliation is putting trust in the vicarious death, substitutionary death of Christ, right? And so in Hinduism, our problems, the problem is ignorance, and so it's liberation from that ignorance to understand our, our divinity, to understand our divine nature. And so then what are the means? What are some of the ways that you heard today to liberation, to understanding. So, knowledge, you said. Knowledge is one of them, yeah. Um, and not always intellectual knowledge, as much as maybe awareness. Um, uh, loving people. It's kind of one of the ways. She kind of, it was interesting because she was talking about, like, that not only do you need to love people, but your thoughts need to be in line with what you're loving. Like, you're loving like if you don't if you have hate stored up in your heart then you need to kind of meditate and reconcile those thoughts because that's going to store up bad karma for you mm-hmm. yeah yeah kind of that a buddhist would describe it as i take a picture of the person i love the most and maybe the picture of my greatest enemy and i feel the same when i look at both pictures you know then you're just that's when you kind of have that karmic balance where you've reached that state of enlightenment, you know, nirvana, um, or in this case, kind of liberation from our ignorance. So I've heard loving one another, kind of that awareness, meditation, any, any, anything else you heard? Just doing good things. Yeah. Duty, doing your duty, doing good. As as you heard about that, did you ask what is the measurement for good? How do you know what's good? Did anybody ask that question? We kind of did at our table a little bit. There what was the answer. What did you learn? You said you can't. There isn't really a measurement for it. It's just kind of mm-hmm. you don't really know if you've achieved it or not. Yeah, no measurement of really, no measurement of good. You just do your duty. And, you know, obeying, observing the laws and the Vedas, the things, the new writings. So, kind of, we're going to categorize these. You may say there's at least the, the ways 
that, that I'm, I'm hearing and seeing is, you know, kind of good works, doing your duty, loving people, good karma, that kind of thing. So there's that, that path of good works. There's the path of knowledge through yoga, meditation, uh, awareness, coming to awareness of who we are. Was anybody there meditating today? Anybody sitting in front of statues? I mean, deities? And then a third one, you know, you saw this day, I'm sure, devotion to a deity. You saw people walking around in temples, see people bowing, see people laying flat out before the idols. Only clockwise. Yeah, only clockwise. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. So hopefully to maybe get to release from some of the effects of karma. Mm -hmm. And so then what's the outcome? What is it that they're working towards? We've already said it. Moksha. And what is moksha? Does anybody understand moksha? Is that basically like you sort of diffuse into the cosmic density from that's, that's great. That's a great way to put it, yeah. Uh-huh. Just be, kind of become one with the infinite. Just merge. Yeah. It's like it, it, Drop out of the ocean, being put back into the ocean, and merging into. Did you say that at like literally liberation, or was it like, or was that just like how she was describing? Like, I can't remember. But she's like, oh, it's like liberation. Yeah, it's and that's where Buddhism and Hinduism differ a little bit between Nirvana and Moksha. They're both going for this liberation. Buddhism uses the word enlightenment, you know, still the effects of karma you're trying to reach. But with a Buddhist, when you reach nirvana, you, you die, and it's like a candle flame just, just extinguished because the soul is not permanent. It's because of karma that keeps you stuck in this cycle. Whereas moksha is a little different in that you do emerge to become one with the infinite, and there is this kind of this eternity. And then there's a lot of variations as you talk to different people of what that looks like, you know. Yeah. If you choose to. So why would, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why you, why yeah. would you choose to. Um, gives you maybe a little picture um, back in page 22 so a lot of confusing things um, in a world view and, and you see a, a lot of these these barriers um, these things what are some what are some truths of scripture that really tear down those strongholds so as you think about this Hindu worldview, this Hindu belief, these things, what scriptures come to mind to, to speak to that, to tear down some of those strongholds, that knowledge that sets itself up against um, strongholds that are set itself up against the knowledge of God, like second So what scriptures come to mind? You were talking earlier about the second commandment. You uh, won't build up these depictions of idols before me. Yeah, and yeah, they want that image of God, right? Um, 
Because whenever it says, like, I am the way, the truth, and the life, I feel like that says, like, we are not the way to our own life. Yeah, John 14, 6, right? Yeah. And that's one of the problems that maybe some of them have with Christianity is because we say there is, there is, there's one way, and they say there's multiple ways. And they, so they, they say that maybe we're a little proud because we say there's only one way, and we know that way, you know. But I look at it and say, number one, I'm glad that there is a way that doesn't depend on me. And so to me, it's proud. It's pride to think that you can do it on your own. And to me, the humility is saying that there is a way that's been provided for me, and it doesn't depend on me because I can't. But it's a different way of looking at it. First Acts, there's no other name under heaven. Yeah, Acts Any others? How about Hebrews 9, 27? It's appointed for every man to die once, right? And then after that, the judgment. It's not multiple lives to try to get it right. Someone else? Scripture that comes to mind. All the verses we learned last night to talk about like, going out and making disciples, like if they say they don't cut it all, that's like they missed one. This verse comes to mind as I see that there um, in 2 Timothy, and the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil correcting his opponents with gentleness, God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth, and they may, they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. You know, like he said, come to your senses, man. <laughs> you know, but, but kind of speaking to us, these, they've, been, they've been captured and snared by Satan. Deception, and so for us to go and to be that, build that relationship, and talk. And, you know, you may find somebody who's ready to come to Christ on the spot, but if you do, it's because somewhere along the line, somebody, you know, or maybe God's even given a dream or a vision that we come along. But if not, we're the ones that are tilling the soil and preparing the ground. And that relationship. Seems like uh, maybe a couple years ago when Campus Outreach group was here, one of one of the students, he had a, a Hindu friend at the U and he said he through for the whole semester they had studied the Bible together. And he said the only time at the end of the semester, he said the first time I felt that I had gotten anywhere with him is when we came to a point where he finally said, you know, I don't really agree with that. Because <laughs> the whole through the whole study was pretty, yeah, that's, yeah, I, yeah, I can see that. Oh, yeah, that's good. And he's just so accepting of everything. He felt like he was just spinning his wheels until it finally got to a point where they, they finally said, no, I don't agree with that. And there were some differences until they were felt like they were really uh, getting somewhere. Any other scriptures? Yeah. They have ears but don't hear, they have mouths but don't speak, eyes but don't see, hands but can't, can't help. 
by him all things were created. So, um, like I said, Paul, as you begin to understand a worldview, it helps you begin to understand some of those barriers to accepting the gospel and also bridges to help maybe facilitate sharing the gospel. What, what are some bridges and some barriers that maybe that you can identify from the things you learned today? Either one, bridges or barriers. Bye, Neil. Glad you came. That's all right. Come back. See us. We'll stay away. Anybody? Uh, bridge, I guess, is that at least um, the tour guide said that uh, all of the deities that are hundreds of thousands or millions are all just sort of uh, reflection of who their one real god is. And I guess we sort of share that in common so we could bring that up and then look at what Jesus says about who our God is. Um, barrier being that it seems like everybody sort of has a slightly different view from each other, and so you can't just learn about the religion and the culture and then be like, I'm set to talk to anyone about it. You have to sort of evaluate each conversation on its own. Yeah, very good point. We often say, engage the person, not the religion, right? Yeah, because if you go assuming you know, you understand Hinduism, this person might not believe those exact same things. Right. Yeah, miscommunication, so. Good, thanks, Carl, that was good. Someone else, a bridge or a barrier that you identify? They have like maybe a sense of like holiness, like in that the priests could only walk up mm -hmm. the steps to like the temple area, so bridge to like God's holiness kind of thing. Yeah. I think the barrier was like all of the references to symbolism and stuff. Um, and I thought in like thinking about the gospel in that light, it could very easily be taken as, oh, this idea of a man dying on a cross is symbolism for X, Y, or Z. And not take it seriously as like Jesus, the human form of God. Yeah. Not an avatar, right? But <laughs> yeah, it's God like flesh. God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think the the original intent of God and that I mean we were in existence with him and it was just fluid and we were we were in an understanding with God. The overall build up of what it is that they're talking about, so like reaching this perfect knowledge um, I mean that is one aspect of kind of like restoration of this world so I think that there's at least that understanding or of that being an innate desire that we all have mm -hmm. yeah
how she said, like, oh, I don't know the answer to that question. Um, and I just thought that, that was, like, really, like, humble and, like, good, you know? So, like, I think that some barrier that, like, I have, or, like, you know, like, people, like, Americans have, like, oh, no, I'm fine, I know everything. Um, but she's very much like, yeah, like, we don't know, um, we only know the present, we can't know the past or the future, which was, like, probably a little bit of a barrier, you know, but, like, it was like, we don't know, um, which is like, oh, that's good, but then there's kind of like, we don't want to know either, which is kind of like a barrier. Um, but, but, yeah, I thought that was really interesting. And then she would say things like, oh, we're all dependent, it's good graces, and, like, and she's, like, saying, like, oh, um, I thought bad about this person that I didn't like, and so I just have to work on that, you know? And so I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, you thought bad about that person. I was like, oh, I just have to work on it. It was like the wrong conclusion, which is like a barrier. But, sorry. But yeah, so it was kind of just like a little bit like going like in a good direction. And there was just like different conclusions. So that's kind of a bridge. Mm. Any others? I think we both sort of believe in sanctification too, but they see it as more of a process to become more godlike themselves so that they can be worthy to um, like move on to moksha. Whereas we think of it in a much different way of just um, like God is shaping us um, and we can't really do it on our own but uh, we want to try to be more like him glorify him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, more ungodly than trying to become God. <laughs> right? Yeah. Anyone else? Um, in both, the standard of God is perfection. Right? Like, they're mm -hmm. trying to become perfect so they can merge with um, Moksha. But, uh, like, the standard of God to get to heaven would be perfection if it wasn't for the sacrifice. We just acknowledge we can't. We're never going to be perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so how can you be, how can you say I'm proud because I'm this way? <laughs> Another bridge I see is mm -hmm. that, like, they have the desire to have all their needs met by, like, these different gods who will give mm -hmm. them either, like, I don't know, help in different circumstances depending on um, depending on the God, but our God meets all of our needs um, in different ways. So different in that we just believe in one God who will meet all of our needs, but still that same desire to have your needs met. Yeah, just to understand the loving Father. Yeah. It's not something that he wants to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He is what we need. Yeah. She was having problems with that? Yeah, she, she was 
she was like, well, you know, like the story, kind of what Kirsten was saying, like, oh, the story, like, it's all, it's all just like, it's all the same. She's like, it's too complex to like mm-hmm. narrow it down in, way, in ways like that with words. Mm-hmm. Or even just yeah. like, oh, like, Salvation's we, too simple. <laughs> yeah. uh, we never, um, we never go against science or something, you know? Like, oh, see, we, have, we don't think that Pluto's a planet, so we're super current. Yeah, that's a big one, huh? Mis- mm-hmm. Misconceptions, just things that, that they, they've never really known a Christian to really help them really know, understand. Please, not a fan. Anyone else? Or go ahead. This is just an observation. Yeah. And unprovoked, she talked a lot about, maybe she was like defending, um, but she talked a lot about success and being, like she said, lawyers, doctors, three times throughout her present like presentation of like people are here are lawyers, doctors, executives, lawyers, doctors, executives. Mm-hmm. And it just it seems very interesting that there's this desire for um, influence. There are I don't know, like I don't I don't I can't fully get why she felt the need to bring up everyone's social standing multiple times. So that's something I'm just well, processing through. Yeah, I, I you, always think for those like Mormon videos that have those same things where it's like they show you how cool their lives are and they're like I'm an ex-biker and also a Mormon. It's like they're trying to show that their religion is relevant. And I feel like if your religion needs to be like bragged about, then it's not. So I feel like that's what I thought she was doing. Like these aren't just average people that have nothing going on in their lives that come here. Like these are like people like you guys that still believe in this. I don't know. I think she was also getting at the enlightenment though of the cycle. So it's just kind of like this is an evidence to the process as we're talking about. So people that have been reincarnated that are still coming to this temple, it's like, they're lawyers, oh, doctors, and businessmen, because, that yeah, because mm-hmm. like, they've, mm-hmm. over time, like, mm-hmm. improved. Yeah. Wait, so they think that you start out at the very bottom and make yourself wow. better, or do you start out good and you can go bad? Or that was better? when she answered, there's no past. When I asked her that, That's she was just so like, confusing. yeah, there's no, we just don't look at the past, it's only the present. Stop rationalizing. Yeah, yeah, she said stop being logical. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we think very linear. We think yeah. we're the beginning, straight line, and they think more circular. And so some of those things just don't really enter the thinking or matter. But uh, you, you, you're, I think you're right. I think along those lines, it is that evidence of good karma and, and multiple lives, and, and you keep getting better and better. Um, and that's a sign of that, I think, why she brings up all of those things. Um, yeah, <clears throat> it's, it's an evidence of, of good karma. It's a whole different way of looking at things when, when you're thinking about life is multiple lives and karma determines your position in life, and things like that. And so, um, in Laos, there's a lot of corruption. But if you are in a government position where you're in a position to take money and, and be blessed like that, it's, is, it, is it wrong or is it just you're, you're right because of good karma that you have this position, that you're not born some poor person in a village or born crippled or blind? You know, So maybe they don't, they don't see it quite the same as we might see it. Whereas, you know, we're, we're equal, you know, 
through those lenses, everything looks different. Anyone else? How much does cast, you know, in there? Did you ask about cast, or did she talk about cast? Mm -hmm. She said, oh, we haven't touched the surface yet. Any other uh, comments or questions before we go into a time of prayer for Hindus? Last question, maybe a question you still have or a comment? Or oh, I have a question. What is Asa Vishwasana? I don't know. But they said it a lot, and I was really confused yeah. with it. I think it means like, because they're like, oh, if you go, you don't have to go in a certain order, but if you go clockwise, it's more auspicious. And then I was talking to my grandma, she's like, oh, it's auspicious if you do this. Did you ask for what it meant? No. Oh. Is anybody favorable to the gods or something? Favorable. Okay. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I know, you know, um, in our culture, the, the two, the boy, a boy and a girl want to get married, so the two families will come together and they'll discuss what is the most auspicious day of the week and date, number, and all that kind of stuff that has, that will bring the most blessing, you know, yeah. um, numbers, you know. If you're in Laos and you see somebody driving a nice car down the road and they have 9999 on their license plate, you probably pay as much as $10,000 to get that license plate because those are very auspicious numbers and they're going to bring them good luck and good, and good blessing. Those kind of things. Yeah. So I have a Chinese friend who came to Christ, his mom's still a Buddhist, and uh, auspicious numbers. And so his, his cell phone was like, like, Four, four, seven, four, something like that. And so, four is not good. no, four is death. So it's die, die quickly, die. It's his <laughs> number. And his mom hates it, you know. And of course, he's a believer, and so he's he loves it <laughs> to, to use that number. That he has that number because his mom just, you know, just crazy. That's it. die, die quickly, die. You know. So. Anybody else question or anything before we go to a time of prayer? <clears throat> Okay, for the next few minutes, these yellow cards here are all Hindu people groups. And so what, what we're going to do is we're going to take a few minutes and we're going to take a break. Um, so during this time, don't get up and use the rest or anything like that. We're just going to finish off for the next five minutes or so. Come up, grab, just grab, like, grab a stack of cards, a few cards like that, and, and then grab one of these. And... We're going to have you come up. It's kind of signifying I'm going to India. You know, I'm going to the world. And, and grab a stack of cards. Each one of these cards is a people group. So this says the Balai Hindu. And so you'll see some information on our main country is India. And then it says total countries. And it says one. So this people group is only in India. Some of them might say uh, total countries two or four or ten. It just means that they're scattered. All right, then it says world population. And so this is only one country, so all 2.3 million of these people live in India. The main language is Hindi. The main religion is Hinduism. People cluster is the Hindi people cluster. So people clusters, there are 17 affinity blocks, like big, like the Arab world, um, the East Asian peoples. And then within those affinity blocks, they've identified smaller people clusters. So maybe the Mon Khmer language speakers, or, uh, and so this is the Hindi people. So they have kind of a common name and some, you know, similarities. 
status is unreached. So Christ followers, you know, zero to two percent. And this one says Bible complete. You will see Bible complete means they have an Old and New Testament. You might see just New Testament. So obviously that means they have a New Testament. You might see portions. Portions means there's a few books of the Bible translated, but not even a Old Testament. You might see questionable need. It may be a small people group that's, that's kind of being assimilated into the dominant culture, and because of that, they're wondering if there's even it's even worth translating because of the assimilation. Or you might see the word none, and that means there's, there's not even any books of the Bible translated. So um, what this is used for, we've taken this card on front and back. There's four, two verses on each side, four verses, and from different parts of scripture, we've taken out the word uh, peoples or nations or whatever left a blank. So, um, Lord, I pray that all the blank people, so all the belied people that you have made will come and worship before you, Lord. I pray the belied people bring glory to your name. Lord, may you be exalted over all the belied people, your glory above the heavens. And so just to kind of give you a little prayer, God, and pray scripture over these people. Um, we're just really praying that the Lord of the harvest would send laborers. Notice up here, when Jesus saw the multitudes, they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And he said, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And then what did he ask prayer for? The harvest? No, he asked for laborers, right? It seems as though the concern was not if the, the lost would be saved. The concern was... Would the saved go to the lost? And so this, this, these, all these cards appear only half. They're only half of all the existing people groups are yet to be reached. So we want to take some time and just stand in the gap on behalf of Hindu people that are beyond access to the gospel. Pray for these people groups. Pray the Lord of the harvest would send laborers. Now, while you pray that. I have to warn you, okay? Jesus told us to pray for laborers. Um, what our staff does, we set our phones for 10.02 every day, Luke 10.02, and every day at 10.02 goes off. We look up the unreached people of the day we pray. We warn you, if you start praying, Lord, send laborers. God, send laborers. Please, Lord, send laborers to the unreached. Send laborers to this people group. Send laborers to... How long can you pray that where God might say, why don't you answer your prayer? So it's a dangerous thing to pray. But we've been commanded to do, and I think maybe that's why Jesus commanded us to pray, to send laborers. So we're going to play some uh, Hindi worship music in the Hindi language because we want God to be worshipped in every language. So we're going to play some different, actually there's a few different languages from India on this CD. So we'll play as we play. Just come up, grab some cards, go back to your seat, pray by yourself, pray out loud, quietly, however you want to pray. We'll take a few minutes and then we'll then we'll wind it down. Thank you for listening to this message from Campus Outreach Minneapolis, the college ministry of Bethlehem Baptist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for these copies or alter the content in any way without written permission from Campus Outreach Minneapolis. For more information, we invite you to visit us online at cominneapolis.org.